You're listening to The Air Attack with B.C. the Man on HasBeenSports.com. I know Yeah, what's up, guys? The Air Attack is brought to you by a Fable Label. Combining the timeless popularity of the T-shirt with modern innovative designs, allowing you to stand out from the crowd today. If you're not a fan of Fable Label, and trust me, you soon will be. In fact, I'm wearing Fable Label right now. So can you. Check them out at FableLabel.com with a shout-out to everybody down at Has Been Sports in Nashville. You can like the show at Facebook.com slash The Air Attack and follow me on Twitter at BC, a.k.a. The Man. And now it's here, Thanksgiving, uh, holiday season officially underway. I know some of you got started a little bit early. And Thanksgiving. Family, food, and big, big savings. My God. I tell you what, you can tell a lot about a person by how excited they get about Black Friday. And that goes double for the people that get excited about going Thanksgiving shopping. I mean, come on. Like, buying that one gift is really going to solve all your family's problems. I'm sorry. All right? Honey, I saved a lot of money on that that Xbox game for Johnny. You stop hating me now? No, she's still going to hate you. Your kids aren't going to love you anymore either, I'm telling you. Look at the Menendez brothers years ago. You think they didn't have nice things? You think they didn't have a lot of good presents on Christmas? They still killed their parents. If your kids hate you, they're just going to hate you. I'm sorry. Your wife and you are having problems. You're still going to have problems after, after Christmas. I hate to be the one to tell you that. I know. It's like Thanksgiving to Christmas is basically Thanksgiving through New Year's, really, for a lot of weak relationships is like a contact extension, contract extension for a player that's having a terrible season. It's like, you know, we're going to give him one more year. That's what that is for the relationship. No one breaks up between Thanksgiving and New Year's. I mean, it's just how it is. That sucks. You know, going Christmas shopping for somebody you know you're going to break up with, like January 10th. Ugh, boy. Got to get that done before Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. See, the retailers have, have found something here for you. You know, it's been harder and harder for them every year to compete with the Amazons and the Overstocks and the Ebays. But what they've done is they've figured out a way to get you out of the house. I mean, have you ever been sitting at a holiday dinner, okay, and just wish, like, maybe the armrest of the chair you were at at the dining room table had an eject button on it, and you could just, like, launch yourself out of that house somewhere, at least out of the conversation or out of that dinner? That's what, that's what Amazon and eBay can't do for you, but the retailers have found a way to get you, give that to you. That's their option. That's their draw now. They're going to get you away from your family, okay, sometime, you know, shortly after dinner, maybe in the middle of dinner. My God. Come on. Getting an early jump on holiday shopping to make Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever it is you celebrate, you know, better. But you're doing it by leaving dinner of another holiday. It makes no sense. You're like foregoing one holiday for the next one. That's like Christmas dinner. You leave early to start getting a jump on Easter candy for your kids. It makes no sense. I'm sorry. No, that shouldn't be. The only thing that should be open, honestly, the only thing that should be open on, um, on Thanksgiving, bakeries. You know, bagel shops, anything like that. Supermarkets to an extent, because people do forget stuff. And people also, what you don't realize is some people have to change plans on Thanksgiving. Last minute. Like, if you live in, you know, let's say you live on the East Coast somewhere, or, you know, you live in Florida, whatever, but you're going to go see your family in Minnesota, it could already be snowing there. I mean, because by Thanksgiving time, you know, it's been snowing there for like three months. So, you know, you may have to last minute put together a Thanksgiving dinner. That does happen. I'm not saying leave the stores open all day, but, you know, till like noon, one o'clock, that's fair. You know, the gym, gas stations, liquor stores, liquor stores, definitely. Liquor stores all day and night. And then, you know, certain kinds of restaurants, because if you work at a certain type of restaurant, that's just what you got yourself into. But to make people work at a Walmart or a Best Buy or a Target, whatever, 
on Thanksgiving, that's just sick. It, it, there should be a rule that if they work those days, they got to get paid double. Not time and a half, they got to get paid double. No questions asked. However many hours, whatever it is. Not over. Doesn't you know? Not just overtime hours either. They have to work any hours whatsoever, and that goes for Thanksgiving Eve into the wee hours in the morning. All this other crap they want people who make very little money to do. That's to me. That's you know. That's degrading. So I'm sorry. You know, if you go you go on shopping on Thanksgiving, I'm sorry, but you're doing it wrong. Um, obviously, a very busy week um, with a lot of different stuff going on. Some fun, some not so fun. Um, let's start with something fun. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Here's my here's my take on this. The Cleveland Browns knew exactly what they were getting into when they drafted Johnny. I mean, it wasn't like you didn't know who he was, what he was about, or what he liked to do. Okay, that's, that's honestly the furthest thing from the truth. Can you imagine if at your job, something you did on vacation got you demoted the way Johnny Manziel just did? Like, can you imagine if you're like a managing partner at a law firm, and all of a sudden you have to go from there to paralegal because of something you did on vacation? You go from, like, surgeon to x-ray tech. I mean, what the fuck, man? Come back from Cancun. You put some pictures on Facebook that, you're, you know, the management didn't like. You go from bar manager to dishwasher. Come on. That's absolutely ridiculous. I know he had the thing with his girlfriend a few weeks ago. I get that. And as a side note, guys, and really girls, too, if you're having an argument in a vehicle, okay, which requires that you pull the car over and get out and argue on the side of the road, you might want to take a step back and look at some things because that very rarely is going to end well for either one of you. I'm just telling you. You know, there were no charges filed. I know there had been drinking, whatever. It's not. It's just not good. And unfortunately for him, that was one more thing in a series of pretty minor events. For, I mean, he did go to rehab. I guess that's not minor, but I know that incident with the girlfriend didn't help. I get that. I get that. But for him to get benched and, he, and demoted to third string? Come on, you got to show me something in that video other than him having a good time. You got to show me a bong. You got to show me a cop talking to him. You got to show me him trying to fight somebody or actually fighting somebody. You got to show me him mouthing off, you know, being disrespectful to a staff member, pissing on the floor, throwing a drink at someone, lighting a fart on fire. Give me something I can work with here, people. I'm sorry, Cleveland. No, Mike Pettin, this is ridiculous. The kid's 22. He's not 17. This was not a high school ski trip, okay? Does he, I mean, what do you want the kid to do? Does he need Does he need a chaperone? Technically, he's an adult. Is he not allowed to go to bars and nightclubs for the next 15 years until he gets out of the NFL? Is that what we're saying here? It was ridiculous to draft the kid and then try to set these kinds of rules on him. Uh, I'm sorry. Even, if, even given the prior transgressions, if you will, that's just not the kid you're dealing with. He's not used to taking orders from people. He doesn't do that. If you don't like that, you should not have drafted him. But then again, what ha- what do the Cleveland Browns ever really do that makes a lot of sense? If you're a Browns fan, you have every right to be pissed off right now. Because now whatever glimmer of hope you had is gone for the season. The rest of the team, let's face it, is garbage. Back to square one. For a team that hasn't made the playoffs in over a decade. Listen, guys, there's 16 teams in the, in the AFC. 16. Every year, six of them make the playoffs. It's been 12 years since the Browns have been one of those teams. Now, let's think about this. That's six spots a year times 12 years. There have been 72 playoff spots open that they've had the opportunity to get into in the last 12 years. You know how many they've gotten? None. It's one playoff spot for every one of those pretend virgins that those assholes in Paris thought they were going to meet a couple weeks ago. You know how many the Browns got? None of them. 
Just like those guys in Paris. The, I mean, the Browns, uh, what a bad organization. Oh, my God. If you're, if you're a Browns fan, you got to be pissed off right now. You know, you want to you see, you, you at least want to see competitive football. At, at, least, at least give your fans that. And they got a relatively easy game this week. And whatever. I mean, come on. Come on. The Browns are, uh, come on. You got to, listen, you got to mix in a playoff appearance once every three or four years for your fans to take you seriously. 12 years? And now we're going to turn to the fun police? My buddy P-Rock on Twitter made, made a very good point. You can follow me on Twitter, BC, a.k.a. The Man. He made a good point. He goes, good luck getting free agents to come there now. I said, yeah, you're right. You got a, you got a losing tradition. It turns, it turns freezing cold by the middle of October there, usually. And now the coaches are acting like your parents. Well, I tell you, that's a place I want to go play. Absolutely. What, are you kidding me? My God, come on, guys. The bra- that, that, that's an absolute joke. College football, um, and here we go with November college football being turned upside down. Remember when the, the having four teams was going to eliminate all the controversy, right? We talked about that. Okay, now you've got number three, number four, they bow out. Ohio State actually has no complaint. Ohio State put in their worst game of the year by far. I mean, I feel, I mean, for the games I've seen. Um, but how about post game? How about Ezekiel Elliott going off to the reporters? I mean, this is a college kid talking about, I mean, basically just ripping the play calling, talking about how he's not going to be there next year. And him and Cardell Jones tweeting, tweeting that they played their last game at the Horseshoe. When's the last time any college athlete has tweeted that he's going pro? Tweeted it. Not a, not, not, not a press conference. Tweeted it. And tweeted it while the season was still going on. Are you fucking kidding me? What's going on? I mean, Urban Meyer doesn't have a little bit more control of his players than this? Ooh. My God. I understand. Hey, listen, I'm going pro. Fuck it. You still got games to play. And that's really not the point. You don't have more respect for your coach than this. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. You think you think Mike Krzyzewski would put up with something like that? You think he would suit kids up the next game and say, listen, uh, thanks for telling people that you're not coming back. Thanks for telling people you played your last game at Cameron Indoor. Let's go have some fun now. Are you kidding me? Maybe this explains some of the lethargic efforts that, that Ohio State has put forth during the year. Ohio State hasn't exactly been the most impressive team in the league. But they're in the Big Ten. They're undefeated. You know, whatever. Defending national champion. I think they are basically getting a lot of credit this year for what they have on paper as opposed to the actual performances they put through. It's not that they don't have a ton of talent. And I'm not going to sit here and argue that they were, you know, in the top four when the, you know, the first rankings came out. I'm not going to sit here and even bother arguing stuff like that because that really doesn't bother me that much. It doesn't. I mean, they, they do have talent, they, but they have definitely underachieved this year. And with this type of attitude, now it's kind of make a little bit more sense. You got to figure Cardell Jones has had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder all year anyway. The fact that he's had to really, not even split time, but really just be the backup quarterback. He's gotten some time, but he's been the backup. And he's got to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder this year. He did carry the team to a national championship last year. And that's an example of having too much talent sometimes being a problem. Remember something. Braxton Miller, you know, decided he was going to go ahead and be, you know, receiver, running back, whatever. He was going to go ahead and be, you know, he wasn't going to be a quarterback anymore. He was going to be a skill player on the outside. Imagine that. Imagine if he said, no, I want to play quarterback. <laughs> It'd be even worse for the guys. Very, very strange. And they go ahead and they lose at home to a Michigan State team that a lot of handicappers don't think is very good with Connor Cook. But here's a backup quarterback that comes into your home field and your 14-point favorites. Here's a Michigan State team that was bet down to plus seven against Michigan. They were getting over a touchdown to Michigan. 
when they were under, and that's when they were undefeated. And you go ahead and, and lose to them at home? I don't want to hear it was raining or anything. I, I'm sorry. That was a lemon of a performance. And this is the kind of stuff you see consistently in November. You see these teams, they're big favorites. They're undefeated. I mean, they've got an open road ahead of them between them and a title game or a playoff, what have you. And this is the kind of stuff you see. How about Oklahoma? Another backup quarterback comes into their home field for TCU. A quarterback in Trevon Boykin, okay, misses the game, who was going to be, at the very least, a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. He's not even there. TCU comes in, Oklahoma, 17-point favorites. 17-point favorites. And they're a failed two-point conversion away from being bounced out of contention. Now, I know, P. Ryan got banged up, the running back. Baker Mayfield, the quarterback, he got banged up. He left. He will play against Oklahoma State, but he had to leave with concussion symptoms, which is obviously the right thing to do. But still, the defense gave up two huge plays on TDs. And when they reached 30 points, Oklahoma just flat out stopped scoring. I mean, the one point this game was, I think, 30 to 13. And Oklahoma just flat out stopped scoring. And they could have blown a huge opportunity there. I'm surprised, to be honest with you, they got as much credit for that win as they did because TCU TCU is not exactly the greatest team on the planet, even with their quarterback, because their defense sucks. And 30 points is a mediocre at best effort. Maybe they were getting a little bit of credit for the fact that their own quarterback went down in, in Mayfield, possibly. But that was not a good performance by Oklahoma, a team that had been playing the best football in the country for the last month or so, even though they had the one pretty atrocious loss to Texas. And by the way, Texas is playing better now. And I know people want to start comparing Notre Dame and Oklahoma and, you know, Notre Dame blew out Texas. Oklahoma lost to Texas. Notre Dame got Texas at the beginning of the season, which was the perfect time to get them. Texas is playing much better now. And now you have to look at some of these strength of schedule wins and figure out, well, gee, what time of the year and how was that team playing? And then if this team, you know, if this team beats that team, but then that team goes and loses a couple more games, was that team ever really good to begin with? But if this team beat that team, but that team had a backup quarterback and it starts getting into all these arguments, I mean, it's got to drive you nuts. It's got to be like jury deliberations in that room. And there's so many teams now that have a potential gripe as we get into the next two weeks. It's unbelievable. Look what the SEC did last week. The vaunted SEC. Okay? Florida. Hosting Florida Atlantic. Hosting Florida Atlantic. Because obviously they would never go to Florida, Florida Atlantic. They host Florida Atlantic. Give Florida Atlantic a shitload of money so they get one more win. They go to overtime to beat them. Overtime. Georgia. Again, hosting Georgia Southern. And in, in fairness to Georgia, they're doing a lot of nice stuff for the kid at Georgia Southern who got paralyzed early this year. I mean, really helping him out. Really helping the kid out. Just a total class act by Georgia. But they need overtime to beat Georgia Southern? And South Carolina, who we know is pretty much a broken program, they lose at home to the Citadel. To the Citadel. This is the SEC, people. So do we start wondering how good Alabama is or how good any of these... I mean, I mean what are we supposed to do? It drive you nuts if you think about it enough. And Notre Dame fans, I'm sorry, I don't want to hear it. You have, you really have no complaint. Because your game against Boston College was beyond sloppy. It was scary. Your red zone offense was inept. Drop passes. You had even a botched snap on an extra point. Your quarterback was awful. I mean, your quarterback is just, I'm sorry. I mean, he's, I know he's got talent, but at times he looks brain dead. And I'm being kind when I say that. That was really a game that would have gotten them disposed of. And I mean, if they were playing any kind of decent team, 
They picked a good time to play that game, I'll tell you that much. If they were playing a decent team, I don't mean a great team. I don't even mean a good team. I'm talking about a decent team. Arkansas, Tennessee, even like an Arizona State, Penn State. They would have fucking, they would have left Notre Dame behind in the second quarter and not looked back with that performance. That was a joke. That was a joke. I mean, how many times did they put the ball on the ground? Against that, and you let Boston College, who can't, who couldn't move the ball against my high school team this year, you let them score two touchdowns on you, including a run of like seventy something yards. Are you uh, 70, 80 yards? Are you crazy? That's why you're number six. You deserve it. You absolutely, positively deserve it. You don't like it? I tell you what. Tell your team hold on to the ball. Take it up with your coach. Maybe your coach spent a little less time trying to draw attention to himself on the sidelines and a little more time coaching uh, basic fundamentals. You might be in better shape because that performance was awful. And by the way, good luck versus Stanford this week because that's another team that's actually better than you. You put that performance on this week in Stanford, your team will lose by three-plus touchdowns. I promise you that. Stanford's a very good team. Very good team. And you're probably going to get beat anyway this week, Make, rendering this a moot point. Uh, it was, I, it was, that was awful. I mean, you know, I mean, starting off with those uniforms, which were atrocious, by the way. Which, you know, what bothers me about the Notre Dame uniforms on Saturday, by the way, if they want to bust out the green jerseys, I like it. Why do you got to go all green with neon green and, and two different color stripes on the helmet and everything else? Why can't you still keep it somewhat traditional? I love the Notre Dame green jerseys. Those were not the Notre Dame traditional green jerseys. Those looked ridiculous. Those were absurd. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to appeal to young kids and people who aren't real football fans. I get all that shit, but I mean, God, oh God, were they terrible. Uh, those were, I mean, those were some of the worst uniforms I've ever seen. This awful. Now they got I mean, Notre Dame is a much better, much, Notre Dame has more talent, okay, than to act like that on, on Saturday, but they were just self-destructive and they played themselves probably right out of a national championship shot. That's, that's really what it comes down to. And, and deservedly so. You really have no complaint. Like I said, you don't like it, take it up with your coach. Now, check out what's going to happen this Saturday. I mean, you got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Auburn, Alabama. Auburn is really not very good this year at all. I wouldn't expect Alabama to falter, but you wouldn't expect a lot of things. Um, Clemson plays South Carolina. South Carolina sucks so bad this year, you wouldn't expect them to falter. But, guys, this is a weekend where crazy shit happens. I'm telling you. Oregon, Oregon State, the Civil War, USC, UCLA. It's a tremendous day of college football. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it could be heartbreaking if you've got the, you know, a team in the fight and they, they go ahead and lay an egg here, but you got a lot of fun stuff. USC, UCLA should be fun. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State should be fun, too. That game's always fun. That game is always just rowdy. I mean, there'll be, you know, there'll probably be fights. They'll probably be arrested at all these games, but that's just that's just how they do it in the Midwest and the South. I don't know. I, you know, I don't tell them to do it. They just do it themselves. But it's a lot of fun. It really is. But some crazy stuff happens. Nerves get to the kids. It's a rivalry game. Some teams that weren't so good during the year get a little bit better. They amp it up a little bit. I'm telling you, it's a it's a big deal. Starts off at noon, Michigan, Ohio State, and goes right from there. Really does. Rivalry Saturday is something else. And, you know, with the with the, everything that's going on in the playoffs and everything that's happened the last few weeks, that should be a pretty good one. Okay, NFL real quick. There are three games scheduled for London next year in the NFL. Three. Which could include two for the Washington Redskins. Two consecutive ones. They would spend like 10 days in London, okay? That is absolutely absurd. Um... The Players Union and the competi Competition Committee should both have an issue with that. Um, Brock Osweiler got his first start, his first win. Um, going to Chicago, he played very well. Jay Cutler actually played pretty well in the game. If he beats the Patriots, just watch the drama start to unfold in Denver. 
okay? You really can't keep Peyton on the bench, okay, because he was brought in specifically and obviously getting paid a shitload of money. But this could be sort of the beginning of the changing the guard if he plays well against New England. A lot of people think that Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator from New England, Belichick, will come up with a game plan to sort of confound him um, and give him some trouble. They very well met. They very well may, but if he plays well against New England and they're able to win and take down an undefeated team, you will start getting a lot of rumbles to get Peyton Manning out of there. I promise you that. Now, something else with the NFL. The trailer is now out, and the movie comes out on Christmas, and that's the movie Concussion, which is going to star Will Smith as the doctor who basically attacked the whole issue with CTE amongst football players. I'm going to go ahead and say this. This is not going to paint the league in a very positive light. Okay, this is the kind of movie, by the way, that if it gets done, gets done well, it will actually get Oscar consideration because it's tackling a very deep, troubling issue. It's very brave, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you right now, if that happens, that would be enough of a nightmare for the NFL. They'd be praying for another Ray Rice type incident just to take some of the heat off of this movie. So I'm telling you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a lot of people in that league, owners and definitely the commissioner, look like they're not the greatest guys in the world, which I think we all knew to begin with. Um... Now, two more things. I, I don't want to get into a lot of politics stuff, but we had something, you know, a lot of politics and political stuff is not really what the show's about, but the Donald Trump stuff is so amusing. Um, and the way you guys cover it is also very amusing, some of you. So um, we'll do that. And there's obviously something in Chicago that we got to talk about, too. Um, the Trump claims about 9-11 and Muslims celebrating the street, okay? Let me just tell you something real quick about 9-11 in general. Not only did that happen, okay? And not only, the reason I know this is because I live here. If you're going to talk about 9-11 and you weren't in New York City that day or around New York City, or if you weren't in and around the Pentagon, just pipe down, okay? You don't really want to do as much talking about it as you want to do asking about it, okay? Because you don't know. And there's no possible way you would know what was going on around there, okay? Now, there were Muslims celebrating in the street in New Jersey. It happened in Patterson. It happened in Jersey City. It probably happened in a couple other places, too. I know this because I live here, because I know people who live here. I know people who saw it, okay? It was covered by the local news, okay? I know cops in the area who will tell you that. That's just how it is. Was it thousands of people like he claimed? No. You have to be realistic about it, because that would have actually caused a riot. So that's kind of ridiculous. All right? But it's also ridiculous to, to, to imply that nobody celebrated that day, which is basically what the New York Times is implying. And I went off on a little bit on Twitter because they were just acting, I'm sorry, they were acting like that stuff never happened, which is absurd. There's always been people who live in the country who hate the country, so there's, of course, people who are going to celebrate it. So the, the notion of, you know, he has to have a video to prove that it happened. Okay, well, I want a video that proves that it didn't happen. Go ahead. I'll wait. Go ahead. Don't tell people from New York City and New Jersey what that day was or wasn't like. That is foolish, not to mention beyond disrespectful. I'm sorry. I don't have video of anything I saw that day or anything I did that day. Does that mean it didn't happen? All right. Now, look, with Trump, and maybe this is our fault for just kind of accepting this at this point, he exaggerates everything. Everything he does is the greatest. Everything he's done has been successful. Everything is the best. His wife's the hottest. His dick is the biggest. Okay? His farts don't smell. Everything about him is great. And maybe that's part of the problem, that we kind of accept the fact that he exaggerates. Okay? He's playing up the issue with Muslims, okay, simply because he is trying to win a nomination in his own party. Okay, once he gets that nomination, if and when, he'll back off a lot of this stuff. Okay, when it comes to the general election. Trust me. Okay, and I agree that the exaggeration is unnecessary and dis it's disconcerting, but the more you attack him for this, you do it over and over, it doesn't really hurt him. It doesn't. I mean, his numbers just keep going up. Because, see, the people that, that want to talk about how terrible he is, who, are, who hate him and everything like this, you weren't going to vote for him anyway. You didn't like him before any of these comments. 
And all you committed Democrats out there, uh, if you want to get into credibility or honesty, your girl Hillary isn't exactly having the best year in that category. Let's just be clear on that, okay? And we're going to talk about lying and exaggerating with politicians. We're going to be here a while, all right? Now, finally, something kind of, you know, obviously major. And, I, you know, I'm not a, listen, I'm not a news guy. I'm not a, I'm not a politics guy. The Laquan McDonald video that came out in Chicago, which obviously caused a major uproar. Here's what I'll say about this, because people seem not to have too much um, in, the, in the area of uh, rationality when it comes to stuff like this. I understand, you know, the news and, you know, certain people want to divide you on stuff like this. Here's, here's my take on it. In the video, the kid's hands were near his pocket and he did have a knife. Okay. It doesn't really shock me or really even bother me that much that he got shot in general. Now, the problem I have is this. And the problem that it's going to be a problem for this cop, too. He's shot while he's on the ground. And he was hit like 16 times. That's obviously, that's obviously a few too many. I don't know how, how, many, how many too many it is, but it's, it's obviously way too many. Um, and then what's really disturbing is what you don't see. And that's anybody trying to help him. You had at least three cop cars on the scene because in the video you can see two cop cars. The video is from a cop car. That means there's at least three cars that are there. All right? So three cop cars. And you got to figure with what, everything that's going on in Chicago. Chicago is a town that's in bad shape. There's a lot of violence there. The town is absolutely flat out broke. And that, that's thanks to a mayor that got done in uh, 2011, Mayor Daley, who basically depleted all that, all that uh, city's reserve funds for the next couple decades. Just, I mean, really did a terrible job. They don't have money there. The town, the town is absolutely broke. They can't pay cops. They can't get enough cops on the street. It's terrible. I would think in a town like that, as dangerous as it is, you'd have two cops per car. Now, maybe you don't. You have at least three cops there, but you have up to six. And all those guys just let them lay there? Like it was like the standard operating procedure. You know, I understand I'm not liking the guy. The guy did flash a knife. The guy did, you know, stab a cop car's tire. He punctured a cop car's tire with his knife. He was high on PCP. I can imagine the guys, not, the cops not liking the guy. I get that part. But you got to help him out when he's laying on the ground. Come on. That's beyond disturbing. And that's, that's probably what's going to do at least one cop and maybe a few guys in. You know, this one cop that got charged with murder, he might not be the last one. And the guys were supposedly, people have asked me, well, why don't they just tase the guy? They didn't have tasers, if you can believe it. They were supposedly waiting for backup units that had tasers. So, yes, in a city like Chicago, like I said, they're so broke, the cops don't all have tasers. As hard as that is to believe, that's the truth. And that's part of your big problem here. And this stuff's not going to stop happening, guys. You have a lot of angry, out-of-control cops. You have a lot of situations like this. And if the city had more money, those guys not only would have had tasers, but there'd be a lot less hostility than there is in that town because there'd be a lot less crime. And as for this situation, that cop will get his day in court, and it very well may not go well. Obviously. And that video is probably going to be at the center of the entire trial. Now, as far as the protests, you know what? That is your right to protest. Okay? You can absolutely do that. That is your constitutional right. You also have the right to acknowledge that maybe it's not a good idea to get fucked up, break into cars, and then stab the tire on a cop car. Okay? I don't think the cops are supposed to let a guy like that just disappear into the night, okay, and assume that that's okay for the general public, okay? Just remember that. The point is not that Laquan McDonald deserved to die, but no matter how many pictures you circulate of him on graduation day, which seems to be the only picture anybody has of the kid, by the way, which is ridiculous. Like Trayvon Martin, the only picture anybody had of him was the one in that Hollister shirt where he was like five years younger than he was when he actually got killed. Okay, it's ridiculous. Okay, the kid didn't deserve to die, but he also wasn't Theo Huxtable. I'm sorry. If your real goal is peace and safety and all this kind of stuff, maybe instructing young people to behave a little better might help. But that's really not what a lot of people are trying to accomplish with these protests, with these Twitter campaigns or anything else. 
case in point, this viral photo that's going around now about the one protester sticking his face in a cops and trying, uh, trying to show him up. That is just dumb. That's not helpful. It's dumb. It's ignorant. And that's a kid just looking for a photo op. Not trying to accomplish anything but gain attention for himself. And there's even footage of people shoving cops at these protests while they're trying to arrest people. Here's the problem with your so-called activists who never mentioned that all cops, not all cops are the devil. Okay, you can't, you can't attack cops. Okay, you can protest. You can do that. You can't assault cops. Okay, that's assault and that's a crime. All right, so if you want to protest, make sure you think for yourself before you do it, okay? Before you get out of control. Because the people that are egging you on behind a computer screen on a Twitter account somewhere are not the ones who will get jammed up when you take it too far, okay? That's going to be you who takes it on the chin, okay? You want to make your point? Make your point, but be smart about how you do it because you can get yourself into trouble. And the, pe and the people who are getting you into trouble aren't going to get in trouble themselves. That's all there is to it. And yes, I'm talking about D-Ray. More, more, more than anybody else, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's all the time we got this week on the Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out Fable Label. Fable Label combined the timeless popularity of the t-shirt with modern innovative designs allowing you to stand up from the crowd today. If you're not a fan of Fable Label, trust me, you soon will be. In fact, I'm wearing Fable right now. Make sure you check out the Air Attack and all the great shows each and every week on HasBeenSports.com, Facebook.com slash The Air Attack, Twitter at BC, a.k.a. The Man. This is Chase Allen with Star Tonight. I am BC The Man. Guys, happy Thanksgiving. I will see you all next time on The Air Attack.